Hi, it's Mark Zinkowitz, and welcome to the Seed World Podcast. The National Association of Plant Breeders annual meeting has gone virtual this year, so I am interviewing this year's Borlaug Scholars in the virtual world. The NAPB Borlaug Scholars Program strengthens the plant breeding profession by helping support attendance of future leaders at the NAPB annual meeting. We're going to take a little trip into the world of soybeans and interview two of this year's Borlaug Scholars. William Singer is a PhD student at Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University in the School of Plant and Environmental Science. He obtained his Bachelor of Science in Agriculture from the University of Tennessee at Martin in 2018. He works in the Virginia Tech Soybean Breeding Program to develop varieties and germplasm for the Mid-Atlantic region. His research focuses on protein quality and amino acid profiles in soybean for livestock feed. Despite dedicating his life to agriculture, he actually didn't grow up around agriculture at all. Yeah, so I did not grow up on a farm. I didn't grow up in a rural area at all. I graduated with 414 students in my senior class of high school. Um, but I joined the FFA in high school, the National FFA Organization. So I really became interested in agriculture as a whole. And so then I went to the University of Tennessee at Martin for my undergraduate degree. I majored in agricultural production, so looking at all facets of agriculture as a whole and how they all interact with one another. And then I took a plant breeding course and then I kind of really enjoyed it. And everybody else in that class hated it. So I was thinking to myself, well, this is the hardest class I've taken in all of my plant science courses. Nobody else wants to even try to enjoy this class. Um, So I thought to myself, this might be where I fit in. This might be where I can move forward. And so I kind of found that calling back to plant breeding once I realized I enjoyed it to be a chance for me to try and put that idea of fighting food insecurity into practice. And so looking at biofortification, which is a direct factor in plant quality and those quality traits that I talked about before. And so it really kind of came full circle. I saw it as an opportunity to really try to make a difference and to impact future generations while doing something that I felt I had a talent for and I felt that I could enjoy. So why do you think other people hated it so much? I think a lot of people get dragged down in the genetic details. So you take all of these plant science courses and you're building up this vocabulary and then all of a sudden you get into this plant breeding and genetics course that uses vocabulary and uses terminology that you haven't even thought of since your intro to biology course when they talked about DNA. And so it's kind of relearning a lot of information that as a freshman in college, you probably just tucked away and you didn't really store long term in your memory because you didn't think you would need it again. And I just don't think a lot of people are really interested in delving into genetics. I think it's just once you start going into that field, you either really enjoy delving into those details or it's just not for you. So really all of my research focuses on 
being able to identify the seed composition traits and developing tools and evaluating tools to help breeders make selections for those quality traits without having to really upend their breeding program, making it so that they can easily incorporate these quality traits into their uh, normal routine breeding program. So looking at things like phenomic selection that utilizes in our wavelengths, which is a common equipment found in most breeding programs. And if they don't have one, they usually have easy access to one to where they could use that to replace some of the <clears throat> genetic uh, marker components that we use in genomic prediction that could help uh, smallholder breeders who are breeding for crops not only in soybean, but also lesser known crops that don't have a large genetic database to work with. So they could easily incorporate these different techniques. I attended one talk that was sponsored by NAPB, but this is my first uh, full involvement, yeah, as especially it, it is 100% my first involvement as an actual member of NAPB. How does a scholarship like this and being involved with NAPB, how does that help you in, in, your, uh, in your research and, and career? I think the biggest impact that this program would have is the networking and relationships that you can build through the recognition of the award, but also through the mentoring program that they uh, set you up with as a Borlaug scholar. Because plant breeding, it's, you know, it's a small field. There's only so many people that work in it, but we're scattered all over the place. Our programs are very diversified. We have a lot of different objectives from program to program, and people implement a huge variety of different techniques in their programs. And so even though we kind of all know each other once you've been in the field for long enough it's really good to try and meet everybody you can in plant breeding because something that they're doing right now might really help you in the future these this mentor program is really helpful in introducing you to well specifically to me somebody who wasn't involved with NAPB before about how it functions as an organization what their goals are and it's really helpful for someone like me who's coming into this to learn about how I could really utilize my time in NAPB, especially as a Borlaug Scholar. Clayton Carley is a member of the Singh Soinomics and Breeding Group and a PhD graduate research assistant at Iowa State University. Clayton received Bachelor of Science degrees in Plant Biotechnology and Egg Science Education from the University of Illinois. As an NSF Predictive Plant Phenomics trainee, Clayton is investigating predictive root-shoot relationships with innovative methods of combining machine learning and high-throughput phenotyping while exploring the underlying genetic components involved. He's passionate about outreach and education as he's developed on plant breeding games to educate high school and undergraduate students. He also tells us how he started off his career by selling corn at the side of the road. I started my own sweet corn business back when I was in high school and selling and growing sweet corn is what paid my way through undergrad. So took a lot of time and a lot of work and really enjoyed building that business up and it was a really good time to be able to learn a lot of cool skills and it's really helped me in a lot of different aspects of life. But yeah, not too many people that I work with now get to find out that I, I really sold a lot of sweet corn growing up. So when I first started off in high school, I was thinking to myself, hey, I have to try and, and get some income to be able to get a car someday. 
Uh, I know that mom and dad aren't going to just buy one for me. And so I talked with my folks and we ripped up three tenths of an acre of our backyard and planted it into sweet corn. Uh, so then that kind of started my first roadside business. And I did that when I was 14. So mom and dad would have to drive me into town every day to sell my sweet corn. And it was a fun first couple summers. And then it really started to grow. I started to build a lot of, uh, a lot of returning customers and, and started to get my name out there, built my own brand, the sweet corn shack. Yeah, so that continued to grow and I started selling t-shirts to my classmates. So they were they were paying me to advertise, which was really fun. And then it kept growing and growing to a point where I had three roadside stands. I would hit four different farmers markets every week and I would have contracts with five grocery stores by the time I was a freshman in college. So that really created quite the quite the business opportunity for me to get to know people, work on my sales skills and just start developing a lot of opportunities um, with commercial relations and just roadside stand. It was fun to wave in your sweet corn at people as they drove by and bring them into my stand. So I actually specialize in soybeans right now. Uh, I grew up on a medium-sized family farm working on row crop corn and soybeans. And I always remember working with soybeans in my family and just thought they were a really cool crop. And through my involvement when I was at University of Illinois in my undergraduate, I got to work in a soybean lab there. Uh, kind of grew my passion and understanding of the crop a lot more at a much more academic level and then decided to continue into grad school uh, working in soybeans with Dr. Singh here at Iowa State University. Um, I would say that to boil it down into one sentence is we're trying to breed below ground. Uh, we're trying to find traits and uh, root related relationships that most breeders haven't investigated for you know the last several hundred years because it's a lot easier to look at traits above ground. Uh, we're trying to develop pipelines and tools and resources so that breeders can more readily uh, investigate what's happening below ground and make selections on that, on root types. So roots that would be better for drought resistant or roots that are better for nutrient scavenging, uh, all these different traits that could be utilized into a breeding program. Uh, in terms of things that I've been working on and discovering, again, looking at those root shoot relationships, uh, chasing down some of the genes that help roots and shoots communicate well, also discovering, you know, are there yield-related uh, traits that we can find in roots and maybe be starting selecting through the diverse germplasm for some of those traits that might not have those genes in our common breeding stock. Uh, I work a lot on nodulation and through that I've developed some machine learning algorithms with the assistance of some engineers that we collaborate with in our lab. And it's been really cool to be able to use a lot of this machine learning to investigate really hard to look at traits in the roots. Uh, so like nodules, when I would count, sometimes I would have the same undergrad help me count and I could give them the same route and the same picture, uh, just different times of the day and see like 17% difference in what they would count. So like, okay, something, something's going wrong here. We have to develop a better system for this. And so then we were able to develop SNAP, the Soybean Nodule Acquisition Pipeline, which is the machine, machine learning pipeline where we can just take a picture of a soybean root and count and quantify all of the nodules on it. And we can do that with a lot of different growth stages now. So it allows us to start investigating some of these root nodule relationships and tie that into the root shoot relationships as well that are happening throughout the whole growing season in a lot of our breeding material. So then once I got here to Iowa State, I said, hey, you know, I've got this IGET degree, I've got this crop science degree, and I'm working in my degree in plant breeding. What can we do to help teach people about what breeders do? And it started off where it was kind of a kind of like a recruiting event or a, um, it was actually with the Borlaug Institute, uh, they're, sorry, part of their springing students into Iowa State and helping them recognize all the different aspects of agriculture. 
and we created the breeding games where students will start off in a greenhouse at the university and they get to explore all the diversity of the soybean collection. Uh, so we show them all the different colors and all the different sizes of seed that are in soybeans and how all the plants look so crazy different. And then we explain to them, you know, these, this is kind of the material. We have some material that's what we would call elite material, our, our main breeding stock. And that's what was already been selected for really high yield, really strong traits. And then we have all of our diverse plants where we can look at, you know, maybe this one has a, for me, it has a really good root trait that I want to breed into the elite lines. Or maybe there's a really good disease trait or a, a cold tolerance trait. And you can start selecting those out of the lines that really don't have great yield and bring those traits into the elite lines. So the whole game is of the premise of we have to get, or the students are working to breed lines that have good resistance to heat, drought, and cold tolerance. So we kind of talk about how weather patterns have been changing a lot here in the United States and in North America, especially. And, you know, we can even talk some about how, you know, soybeans are moving, moving up into Canada as well. We're starting to get double zero, triple zero soybeans. And so explaining to students, you know, we have new markets that we're entering with these commodities too, and we have to breed and select for that. And so the game is, the goal is that you create some lines and help walk through basically eight years of soybean breeding with these students and all of the details that would be involved. We give them monopoly money, so they have to make their own budget. And then uh, they have to start thinking, okay, what parents do I want to use in order to make a cross? And why would I use those parents? Maybe this one has really high yield, but this one has high protein and, and drought resistance. And so we can start to breed those together in this theoretical situation. We even, uh, whenever they're here on campus with the game, we get to work with the USDA. And I've got some awesome scientists who always volunteer their time with me and, and will help extract DNA. And that way we can talk about genotyping and how you can get more information in your soybean lines. And so every step along the way, students are gaining more and more information about their parent lines. Like maybe they genotype it and find out that this line has cold tolerance and this one has good oil, uh, oil genetics behind it. And so they're getting all this information and then we bring it all together we throw some scenarios at them, like maybe they want to buy drones, or maybe there's a, a, a earthquake we've had down in Puerto Rico and it destroys their winter nursery. Or you have riots in Chile and their winter nursery there doesn't work. So we really try to bring in a lot of information that instead of just hurling at them like on a chalkboard or in a PowerPoint, they actually get to play with it and say, these are the real things that are going on. And this is the real stuff and decisions you have to make as a plant breeder while balancing your budget at the same time. And at the end of the game, we take all the, the single line that each team has created and we roll some dice and say, all right, this is the weather for this year. Maybe it's a really bad drought year and you have a really high frost early on and your soybeans have to be able to survive both of those traits. And the teams that have the highest trait values and survive all of the environmental issues and then get the highest yield, we add their yields up from the three years that we simulate and they're able to see what their score would have been. You know, Did they build better beans for farmers or did the beans that they build not do so well in the weather? And then we're able to have really good conversations and, and start digging into you know, what would you do different? How would you evaluate? And what really is plant breeding and how we're trying to actually create better food and crops for consumers all around the globe. So it's been a really fun opportunity to build this game and create all the pieces to it and all the knowledge. And it, you know, it's kind of fun. It's like you're secretly teaching students while they're playing a game about all of the different aspects of breeding and agriculture. For more great podcasts, visit seedworld.com.